Oh, I thought we were recording. Well, we are. But that's just because if there's any funny organic stuff that we want to put in to add personality to the podcast, it's illegal. we record. You have to clear all that stuff. So now be funny and organic immediately. You get your hair cut, Ryan? Why do you ask, Dregs? I don't know. You just turned your head and it looked a little thin. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what do you mean? There's nothing wrong with that. A number two on the side. Say, keep her nice and tight. Racing stripes. What's the matter? Well, that is exactly those white walls. <laughs> those are <laughs> not. It's a Dodge Super Supercharger right there. I don't know why I let you come on my podcast. You're you're mean. Make it four games in a row for Bruce Boudreau and the Vancouver Canucks, letting leads slip away. The temperature is going up big time for the Vancouver Canucks. Welcome, folks, to Got Your Back. Today on the show, no Pierre Lebrun. He's having a travel day back from the Board of Governor meetings, but we've still got a star-studded cast. Mike Johnson and Darren Drager will be checking in. We'll debrief the Board of Governor meetings in New York City. How about the four undefeated teams remaining in the NHL? One of them is not like the others, I'll tell you that. And eating chicken wings with a fork, next level brilliant, or simply not okay? We will explore in our world-famous red card, yellow card, no card segment. Presented by Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals, this is Got Your Back. And we will remind you, Cross Country Canada provides equipment and supplies to all facets of the Canadian construction industry. They are a truly Canadian company. Four buddies launched this thing in their garage. They had a folding table and some ideas back in 2014, and it absolutely blossomed. They've got multiple locations across Western Canada now, over 100 employees, and they have expanded into all areas of the construction industry. Their company motto is get her done, and I've been to the head office. I've seen it. It's on the walls. They say it to each other like four or five times a day. Anything up, get her done. That is their attitude. And uh, Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals, a truly Canadian company, and we're thrilled to have them on board as our title sponsor here on Got Your Back NHL Edition. All right, as we welcome in Darren Dreger and making his Got Your Back debut, MJ, Mystic, Mike Johnson. Johnny, how big an honor is this for you, pal? I tell you what, on the career achievement list, this is not on it at all. So I am... (laughs) <laughs> the fact Come that it's early in the morning, I woke up and like marginally got dressed. I'm I've made a big commitment for this. By the way, just just to make a point here, this is a different place in life for myself and Mike. All right, here I am in a in a hat and a in a prairie proud hoodie, and there yeah. he is in his boys medium t shirt, black tee, yeah. Yeah, Dregs, oh, for sure. To be fair, my alarm went off maybe 18 minutes ago. So this is no prep in this one. This is, this wow. is right, out of the, right out of the wrapper. Pretty good look. I like the expanded view we have. Uh, by the way, this is available on YouTube, folks. So if you want to go watch, you can go watch. Johnny, I, I like the expanded view of the living room. You can see the full couch. Where'd the mm-hmm. guitar go, though? You had the guitar on your on your set for a while. Yeah, so first of all, it's my office, not the living room. But... Um, <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I can imagine how expansive your living room must be. His office is as big as most people's living rooms. (laughs) Listen to you, Dregs. You have a desk that would rival a president that you work on every day. I see it. So let's not kid ourselves. Uh, The the guitar was, uh, it's in for a tune up. That's what I'm going to say. 
Uh, my All strumming right. days have taken a bit of a hit, so it's uh, it got misplaced for a second. <laughs> Talking about uh, all of your money, Mike Johnson, uh, we had Kevin <laughs> Adams on. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, we're talking Let's about that. There. We had okay. Kevin Adams on the show uh, yesterday, and we interviewed him. I asked him about the time he took a playoff goal mm -hmm. away from you, and he had a pretty good chirp for you. So, really quickly, just run down that story for us: what Kevin Adams, the general manager of the Buffalo Sabers, did to you, Mike Johnson like two decades ago in the postseason. Yeah, so Ads and I go way back against each other in college. We started with the Leafs together. He got called up that 99 run, didn't play very much in the season, got called up injuries or whatever, and I was playing with him the one game in the second round against Pittsburgh. And listen, I didn't make the playoffs all the time. Playoff goals are hard to come by. I need to take everyone I can get from my career. And I scored one, and that was the year, we'll talk to the Buffalo fans, where the foot in the crease rule was in full effect hard and fast. And he was so excited to try to get in and bang around the net as a new guy in the lineup. He went barreling in there as I was shooting a puck in the empty net. Took a goal away because his foot was in the crease. So, you know, I only had like three in the run. I could have had four. would seem a lot better. But, yeah, so that was my story. I'm sticking to it. I don't care what the GM says. Okay, so I love the disdain that you tell that story with because you're clearly still pissed over it, which I made very clear to Kevin that Johnny is still sour, and here's what the GM had to say. <laughs> Just so you know, he's still a little sour at you. Yeah, well, Tom must have heard his, his contract negotiations or something for him to be still sour this many years later. <laughs> Did it hurt your contract negotiations, Johnny? One more uh, playoff goal. You never know. Listen, I'm not sure. I got traded the next next year so maybe it hurt my career in, <laughs> yeah, in toronto but sure. um i'm glad my reputation precedes me even all the way up to the gm offices but uh i don't think my contract was up at that point so i wouldn't have been it it was just the pride to want to score and a big moment or just irritated the, the reason why i'm irritated because there's no need to Still. go in there because it was like, yeah like i had the puck like just relax like, he was so excitable because he wanted to get there be physical <laughs> like hit someone and hit do something. I'm like, just, and it was me and Derek King who was even calmer than I was. He's just like, you know, he was a good, my uh, favorite part. Well, my favorite part is that he'd played 80 games in the minors that year and was called yeah. up for the playoffs and basically was just getting in and snaked a goal away from a veteran. Yeah. Yeah. Although I think we might be the same age. He was a year ahead of me in college. So I could, and he right. was really good in college when he was at Miami of Ohio. So I always kind of, when he came up to the team, I'm like, hey, welcome to the NHL, Kevin. Yeah, all right, come on oh, in. Oh, nice. <laughs> Even though you're don't a first rounder my goal and I was totals. not drafted. Yeah, don't don't mess with my goal totals. We'll be good. We'll be good. Yeah. You could have had a bigger living room. Hey, one more playoff goal. You just never know. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, let's get uh, down to business a little bit here. Time for the breakdown, and it's brought to you by Pro Hockey Life. Hockey fans, the regular season is underway. No better time to get yourself outfitted with your favorite sweater or jersey, whether it's your favorite player's name and number, or I guess if you want to throw your own name on there, why not? Pro Hockey Life has a great selection of team apparel, and it doesn't end at jerseys. they got a wide range of hats, T-shirts, souvenirs, everything you need for yourself or the huge hockey fan in your life. They've got 16 locations across the country. Pro Hockey Life, like you, like us, is obsessed with the game. Dregs, let's get the business out of the way because the Board of Governors did meet yesterday in New York. Uh, and quickly on the salary cap, 
some general managers have to be licking their chops at the idea that $4 million could be added to the cap next season if the revenues are there and if escrow gets paid back. How realistic is it that that can happen, do you think? Well, I, look, I would say it's very realistic. Historically, we know that Commissioner Bettman doesn't just lob things out unless the data has been done and there's a, a strong opportunity for this to become reality. But, you know, he did also provide the 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 other side of it and if everything you just said the mechanics don't fit in place well then it's another flat cap offseason for nhl clubs but um you know aside from those on the executive committee so owners who are governors who are in that tight circle with batman um i would guess that many of them would have quickly got to their phones. Um, Bob Nicholson of the Edmonton Oilers being among them to call the general manager to say, hey, Commissioner Mettman just acknowledged that the cap might be going up as much as $4 million next year. And, you know, I think that that speaks to a lot of things. Um, number one, it, it speaks to the revenue health of the National Hockey League coming back online. And as much as it's good for teams like, you know, Toronto, Edmonton, obviously all of the, the teams that are right up against the cap, dollars away from the cap, it's good for the players, right? You know, the players have taken it between the eyes for a long period of time here. So um, any player Johnny who's depending smiling. on restricted free agent is going to be able to maybe grab a bigger piece in this offseason. Well, like even more than that, that drags is that – like you, you mentioned the players, yeah, more money in the system, that's great. More money to sign players, move around. But also like escrow perhaps just being a more controlled number and, and and maybe not the same big number. I know it was kind of artificially lowered, but if they could pay it off and know that, you know, it's just gonna be a, a more natural number on the fifty fifty split would be far more comfortable if you can keep that escrow, you know, in the single yeah. digits and have it grow to what it could could have potentially been. So that's good news for everyone. Although I'll say this if I'm planning a business like I'd like, like we went from, you know, guaranteed escrow and, and, and flat caps. And then now it's going to boost 4 million, maybe next year. And then 8 million. Like it's hard to prepare and plan when, yeah. you know, what you're dealing with and it's all good news, but just, you know, maybe you make a plan assuming a flat cap and you're going to like lower your roster and be, and create cap flexibility to take advantage of. And all of a sudden that's out the window. Yeah. Like there, it's tough to, to, to prepare and, and shifting sands. It's, it's hard for both sides, though, right, Johnny? It just mm -hmm. is. Like, you know, if you're Judd Muldaver, who represents Austin Matthews and Jeff Jackson and that group, you know, you want a percentage, the maximum percentage, unless you're going to be a nice guy and leave money on the table. But in his case, he's earned it. You know, they need to know what that percentage looks like going into an off-season negotiation. So the business side does matter, for sure. Hang on. You just, like, do you think Austin's going max percentage? Um, Not to say he doesn't deserve it, but no, no one's pushed I, 20 well, Wouldn't that be your starting dollar. point? Wouldn't that be your, if you're the agent, wouldn't you say, all right, here's the max percentage, even though you know that the number that you're looking for is 15, <laughs> you know, like whatever that is, mm -hmm. I'd be surprised. Yeah. Start at yeah. 19 and, and settle it around 15 in the 15 range. That's big, big money. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Billy Guerin and the Minnesota Wild were uh, all smiles after that news yesterday because nobody feeling the pressure quite sure. like they are. We'll, we'll see where that one goes. The other uh, bit of news that came out of there, talk about Russia and the World Cup uh, in 2024. Guys, this one, this one kind of blows my mind. I can't imagine a scenario where the National Hockey League could be considering a Team Russia 
at a world event like the World Cup. Imagine if the invasion is still happening, and it may yeah. well be Russia standing on the blue line and, and celebrating as a nation in any way, shape, or form. Call it the ROC. Call it whatever you want. It's still Russia, and we all know it. Hmm. How is this not an obvious one and really simple for the NHL? Yeah, well, I think it is simple in the moment. Um, but I think the National Hockey League, maybe the IIHF, who will likely partner in all of this, of course, uh, are waiting to see what happens next. And that's not just based on current events in the ongoing war between Ukraine and Russia. Uh, what are some of the other world sport governing bodies going to do? You've got the Summer Olympics, you know, not that far down the path. If the Summer Olympics uh, allow Russia back in in some form, then maybe that opens the door a little bit for the NHL and the IIHF to say, all right, well, it's starting to happen. So maybe we need to be a little bit more lenient. But based on where we're at today, I, I just don't see it. I don't think it happens. Uh, that's a tough one to digest. Um, and for some of the players that are over in the NHL or who might play in this tournament, maybe some of them are, you know, it's not their fault. It's hard to hold them accountable for what's happening over in Russia because they're not part of that or whatever. But you don't want to be first. You don't even want to be in the middle of the, no. that pack of, of, of starting that reintegration into international sporting events. So um, it's tough because like that's part of what would make the event a marquee event. But, I mean, I, I can't. I can't see it, Shuggy. The NHL, uh, the San Jose Sharks, the Nashville Predators planted a bit of a, a stake in the ground in taking their players over to Europe and saying that if we don't all go, then none of us go. That's different. They're competing for their club teams. International events are all about national pride. And uh, the world has already made a big statement um, about, you know, when things like this happen, that national pride does not get the opportunity to be put on display. We'll, we'll see what happens uh, with that. Okay, let's get to the National Hockey League. An interesting night last night. Uh, it's been an interesting few nights here for the Vancouver Canucks. Another night, another blown lead for the Vancouver Canucks. 2-0 they led, 3-2 they led. They're the first team in history to start the first four games of their season with losses blowing multi-goal leads in all of those games. Here is Bruce Boudreaux. I mean, I didn't say anything to the team. I think they were mad enough at everything and the way the sticks were being tossed around. And sometimes after a game like this, nothing's going to get through anyway. I mean, so it's uh, uh, better to talk to them tomorrow. Dregs, a couple podcasts ago, we identified Bruce Boudreaux as one of those guys that'll be on the hot seat in the early going of the season here. What's real in Vancouver with this start as it pertains to Bruce Boudreaux? Well, things have to change, um, you know, and, and I think management is hoping that it, it changes internally, um, that whatever this group is is lacking, and clearly it's a lot of things, including finish and an inability to protect leads, that it's magically going to come together. Uh, whether that happens through practice, I mean, they've already had a closed-door players-only <laughs> meeting, and that didn't seem to, to manifest any results. So if this continues to linger, it's pretty obvious that they're, they're going to have to consider the coach and potential change. But if they go down that path... Um, you know, they've they've got some experience on that bench flanking Bruce Boudreau. So do they take the inexpensive approach and promote within if they want to do something as drastic as as letting their head coach go less than 10 games into the regular season? Feels like a stretch to me. But the reason that I'm watching and not just Vancouver, 
you know, go down the list of the teams that are struggling and you'll wonder about the coach. And there's at least three or four of them. The, the, the reason we're even having the conversation is because you've got Barry Trotz sitting out there um, reportedly wanting to come back into the NHL. He's recharged, ready to fly. Normally that would happen around Christmas-ish, but if you're a club that is wildly, uh, yeah, if you're a club that's wildly underachieving, I mean, Vancouver's is unique, at least in my opinion, because I think many of us thought they were going to be better. Maybe, maybe they'd be nibbling at the outside edges of a playoff spot in a real tough division and a tough conference. But these points that they're just blowing out the door early in the regular season, they're just not going to get back. So that might encourage some sort of urgency. Interesting. I mean, I think what has happened in four games has been highlighting every concern that you'd had about Vancouver heading in, right? Like, you know, if you're to say, well, if it doesn't go well, what does it look like? Well, it looks like a team that doesn't defend well. They give up a lot of chances. Demko can't carry the load and, and, you know, save the day. They'll probably score a lot of goals, but they'll give up a lot of chances. And that is exactly what has happened. Uh, you mentioned the closed door meeting. Like, you know, they're, gr- they're, they're pulling up all the stops for a weekend of the season. Oh. Like, I can't believe how miserable and negative it would feel. Not because it's Vancouver, just for those athletes trying to go through this right now. Um, and, you know, they're not good enough to give up six, no. seven, eight, nine points and think they're going to be around the playoffs. It was going to have to go pretty smoothly for them to get there to begin with. It's just, I can't remember, Dregs. Like, I guess what, Denny Savard, I think, was replaced after like two or three games one year in Chicago for Joel <laughs> Quenville. But like, yeah, no one fast. gets replaced this early. And yet here we no. are a weekend, and it's, and it's, and it's Lindy Ruff is feeling the heat, and it's Sheldon Keith is feeling the heat, and it's Barry, Bruce Boudreaux feeling the heat. It's amazing that the, and the expectations are high. And I think that's maybe the disconnect in Vancouver. I don't have, I did not have them in the playoffs. I wouldn't have them in the playoffs now, but I think that, management team that ownership group thinks that they are pretty good like they signed yeah. all the guys back they brought back jt miller they spent the money they didn't make any of the big trades i think they think they are better than they they were and you wonder bruce boudreaux's run last year was that just a new coach bounce for like half the year or is that like you know that's probably why it's so stressful there because they think they're yeah. pretty good temperature is up four games four blown leads you got angry comments happening in the media from players, players only meetings. It is early days still this season, but feels like the hour is late somehow for the Vancouver Canucks. Strange. Uh, how about the Philadelphia Flyers? Meanwhile, in Philadelphia, I mean, you look at the undefeated teams, Philly, Carolina, Dallas, Calgary. One of these things is not like the other one. How about torts. a 3-0 start torts. for Torts, Johnny? Torts. He's inspired the masses. Coach. Following you know, I lasted him. about two months for torts. Then he's like, I gotta get rid of this guy. I can't, I can't work with him. <laughs> was, uh, the feeling was mutual. I would assume. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I can understand why. Um, you know what? It's amazing. Like, so I, it's been a great start. And, and it's funny how torts has become the personality of that team. Like when you think about Philly now, you don't think about Carter Hart. You don't think about Couturier or who, like you only think about torts. Like he's the guy to kind of take it all on his shoulders and, and try to, lead them back to what they want the Flyers to look like. And I think that's an important part of this conversation. They have a very young roster and guys playing, you know, in expanded roles. But I think it's about right now for Torts reestablishing how the Flyers want the Flyers to play. 
And yeah. I think that has been the real progression. Not so the wins are great, but I'm not expecting those to continue all year long, although I could be wrong. But I think it's more about getting back to something that Philadelphia would be proud to put on the ice and say, These are our this is our team, this is how they play. And so far so good. And listen, Torts in a no pressure environment, like that's a that's a scary proposition because he can really he's he's good at galvanizing a group. Yeah. And and look. He's good at instilling fear too, and and so Johnny, true. you know that better than anybody. And 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 when you're playing for your job, you're playing in fear. Um, that has to be at least to some degree self motivating. I I have extreme doubts. I mean, obviously they're not going to go undefeated for a lengthy period of time here. I still think that the Philadelphia Flyers are going to be a team that's in in deep struggle. But this buys them time. And the one thing that John Tortorella is good at is enforcing accountability. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter who you are, right? You're going to play a certain way or you're not going to play. So, uh, I'm, I, look, I'm happy for the Philadelphia Flyers. I, for, you know, Again, I, I'm not a Flyers fan. I'm not a fan of any one team. But there are certain teams that you want to see develop and do well. And I feel that way about the Philadelphia Flyers. But I, I – with all due respect to Torts, I still think that their 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 trouble is ahead here, and they're not mm. nearly as good as the first few games indicate. Of course not, but you know what? You talk about fear and accountability. How young their roster is makes it yeah. even yeah. more effective. Like because you don't have guys <laughs> playing making, scared. You know, yeah. eight million bucks on an eight year deal. You're like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna do my best for you, but like, I know I'm here longer than you, so just yeah. you know, yeah. let's just dial it back a little bit. They got a whole bunch of guys that are trying to get in the NHL, just trying to establish themselves. And that is when Torts is okay. Can really lean on you. One quick thing here, because our host Johnny Ryan Rashog was promoting this Travis Sanheim trade rumor for like how many podcasts? <laughs> I how was many? making a silly, bold prediction. I, I mean, and, and, really? Do we need? And to was hold it you the day before for... he signed the <laughs> long term? I think my, I think my prediction was this. I was all excited. I'm like, okay, guys, here we go. Yeah, Travis Sanheim and the Edmonton Oilers lose to the Rangers in the Stanley Cup final. And you guys looked at me. You were you were actually impressed that I was calling not only the Cup final but a trade along the way. And like 18 hours later, it was absolutely in the crapper. So, well, look, it was every ounce, every every rumor. Like now, it could always change in a minute. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. a simple phone call. You never phone know. Call that yeah. can all fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, let's all go out on a limb and make these predictions. Let's not hold each other accountable for the okay. dregs. Red card for you on that one. Okay, uh, this next game we're going to play, and I know you guys love games. This is going to be difficult for you because, well, frankly, you both like to talk a lot. Uh, I'm going to call this chimes. This is kind of an inside baseball term, dregs. You know a chime. Anytime that we're having, I'm hosting a panel and you guys are talking, if one of you wants to chime – in on something it's like a quick little 30 second mention so i'm going to challenge you guys to keep your chimes to just a thought 30 seconds or so we're going to go over some interesting factoids from around the league you guys can chime uh dregs you can start johnny you can go second and then uh you can switch it each time if you want i don't know if you guys can keep track of that or not here we go interesting factoid number one artemi panarin two eight and ten leads the league in points one Ranger has done that through the course of a season. It was back in 1942, Brian Hextall. But what a start for Artemi Panarin Dregs. And you want me to just talk about how good Artemi Panarin is? Is that the essence of this? <laughs> good good time, Greg. Good That's time. your time. Johnny, your turn. 
Yeah. Thought He's on terrific. Panarin. I'm not surprised. <laughs> power play. Watch that power play. All about seems him, Zabanajad, and Fox just <laughs> dissecting people. So that's where, you know, that's where it's going to keep up. Dregs, you, not that we're keeping score here, but it's one nothing, Johnny, for sure. We're not, oh. This isn't a competition. Steven Stamkos, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning are one in three. He scored six of his team's 10 goals so far this season. Johnny, like another one of those guys <laughs> deep into his career, uh, resurgent looking youthful. Healthy, right? Like he's fought a long time to get healthy. So even though he's old in, in actual years, like he's actually healthier than he's been in a long time. And he's going to have to be good because they're not nearly as deep as they once were. Yeah, I mean, health is the number one factor. You know, the skill set has been there uh, basically from the moment he stepped into the National Hockey League. And the fact that, you know, he he had the appetite for success and had it somewhat taken away in the first Stanley Cup run of the Tampa Bay Lightning and then was a big contributor in the back-to-back, uh, I think the appetite is as strong as ever. And he's got to recognize around that room that they're not the team that they were, but they're still a top contender. Secondary chime. Oh, Great shooting flag. ages gracefully. Yes. Good point nice. by you, but that's stricken from the record. There are no secondary chimes allowed. <laughs> San Jose Sharks are 0-5-0 to start the season. Their penalty kills 15 for 15. They got the best penalty kill in the league. They can't win a game. Uh, Dregs, I would submit to you, the cupboards are quite bare in San Jose. They're leading the Bedard sweepstakes, and they might be the team that needs him the most. Yeah, I think that's accurate. You know, as you were setting this up, and as soon as you mentioned San Jose, that was the name that instantly came to mind, somewhat obviously, is is Connor Bedard. And San Jose isn't going to be alone in that chase uh, for a number of different reasons. But doesn't it feel right? You know, how long over the last decade plus have we expected the San Jose Sharks, under the leadership then of, of Doug Wilson, who I have great respect for, but they just find a way to transition on the fly and make it interesting and go deep into the playoffs. This is an organization that needs a full-on renovation. Strong finish, but you were 37 seconds, so the end doesn't count. Johnny, go. Stuck in no man's land, right? They got the contracts and older players that kind of are tough to move and and not going to lead you to the promised land. They can't really rebuild just yet. They did well getting out of Burns. But, yeah, they were such a prominent team for years, decades. And now they're kind of relatively obscure. Colorado Avalanche, their power play number one in the NHL, six for 12, 50%. Their penalty kill, 32nd in the league, six for 12, 50%. A bizarre anomaly. Uh, What's up with the Avalanche special teams, Johnny? Well, they're probably missing some of those guys. Like, you know, Osmond Codger is a guy who could be out there killing penalties. And, and, um, you know, they're just revamping their depth. And the power play guys, well, we know what that's McCarr, that's McKinnon, that's Brandon. And and apparently Nachushkin is a power play specialist now. But um, they're missing some of those guys down for the roster right now. Yeah. For me, it's, it's, it's defense. Um, you know, Makar is the jewel of that crown, but the depth that they have defensively is the best in the National Hockey League. And there was so much concern over, okay, well, of course, this team wants to try and successfully defend. How can they do it with that goaltending? Well, if their goaltending remains as, as strong as it has through the early goings of this regular season, based on their D and the power they have up front, they can defend.
All right, strong comeback there, Dregs. Uh, I watched Tage Thompson at six foot seven uh, dance around Darnell Nurse and with quick little hands tuck one past Stuart Skinner last night. We've got the Redwood line in Detroit: Soderblom six eight, <laughs> Rasmussen six six, Sunkvist is the tiny one of the group at six foot three. Uh, Dregs, I, I don't know, man. It seems unreal to watch these guys at this size with that level of skill. Is it kind of the era of the big, big man that we're seeing beginning here? Maybe. Um, it, it's remarkable when you see what these men are capable of. I, you know, watching Tage Thompson early in his very early in his career in, in St. Louis, he just looked like this big gangly kid. Right. And, and, you know, just didn't seem like he was going to morph into a 40-goal scorer. And I, I'm still not convinced that he's going to be able to sustain the numbers that he put up last year. But he's exhibit A for me of that lethal combination of, of size and skill. Power forward? I think so. But, man, if these big men can continue to deliver, that's not a very good thing for the smaller guys in the sport. What's different now is that if you're big – they don't expect you to be tough or a grinder or physical. Yeah. That's what's different. So you're seeing Soderblom, who's six foot eight, throwing pucks through his feet and dancing around guys, Tage Thompson. <laughs> That's what's different. You're gonna see big guys with good hands because they will be allowed to develop those hands and not just ask yeah. to run in and fight people <laughs> as they grow up. Yeah. Johnny Great. wins with that one. That's an excellent point. That was really, really strong. Yeah. I mean, Dregs, let's make no mistake about it. He was winning anyways, even before he said that. <laughs> but that was just gilding the lily. Johnny takes this he wasn't supposed to be to him. Well, this wasn't supposed to be a contest, but you guys just naturally oh, sort of turned turned it oh, into it one. Is. All right. Good stuff. That was the breakdown brought to you by Pro Hockey Life. Okay, before we let you guys go, I know you're both huge fans of the podcast. Uh, so you know about our game, red card, yellow card, no card. Uh, this is sweeping the nation. Everyone's talking about it. Uh, this is where you have to make a decision. Do I deserve a red card, a yellow card, or a no card? And this is an example about me. Chicken wings with a fork, guys. Listen, this is something that I designed and developed a number of years ago. Uh, put an example on Twitter. <laughs> Extensive um, R&D. <laughs> yeah, no, really. I, there had to be a better way, right? A better fly trap. And so I eat chicken wings with a fork. And Zuby is going to roll the video here so people can see it who are watching on YouTube. I think it's efficient. I think it's more cleanly. I think the rest of you are Neanderthals for eating them with two hands and licking your fingers like Neanderthals. I think that I'm onto something significant here. Um, what do you think, guys? You saw the video. Johnny, red card, yellow card, or no card? So... I'm going to have to say yellow card just because of social norms. Like that's, that's a no card for me because I think the cleanliness is next to godliness. Like, honestly, like don't ever take me to medieval times. <laughs> Give me cutlery. Like this is what I do with my life. I don't need it slopped all over my face and my hands and my clothes. I get that. Except trying to eat flats are really tricky. You got to really be pretty precise with the utensils that get in there, but I do appreciate it for you. It works. Okay. Um, but I, you know, there is something about wings that is kind of like bonding, you grab and you eat it. So in that sense, it's, it's a yellow card, not a red. Well, okay. I'm going to go red card just as a point <laughs> of difference here. Shocking. I mean, do you eat an apple with a knife and fork? And, yeah, and no, I but can I cut, cut it into slices. Absolutely. Yeah. It's lovely. Okay. Yes. All right. Really? Yeah, I guess. But I, oh, my point busted. is, you know, I, I've been around chicken wings my entire life. And my have. observation very early was 
you get to order the chicken wing that you want. So you can say, grill them, bake them. You don't have to have the sauce dripping all over your hands and all over your face. So what I do is I order them naked, grilled, sauce on the side. So your hands aren't getting sticky or greasy or any of that stuff. If you want sauce, you dip in and that's it. But you're still fundamentally eating with your hands. And I think anytime you can avoid that and don't have to do well, that. How do you eat a hamburger? How do you eat an apple? How do you eat anything? You eat a I lot do, with your hands. I do cut a hamburger in half and then eat the two halves. Like do you cut your grapes bites, in half? No, like, no, you don't on. have to because you can pop those in your mouth. But the first with bite your of hand hamburger. Or your, like how are you doing that? Chopsticks. Yeah, I put this video out on Twitter and as always our loyal and wonderful uh, listeners in the tens of thousands uh, were responding. Uh, Someone said here, this is uh, Kevin K dub says without that cheery music in the video, I would have thought this is a scene from Hannibal. Uh, That's not fair, Kevin. Uh, No card. I do it too from Nick Fournier. Uh, Red card all day long says Doug, lots of memes here. I got a letter Kenny meme with Jared Kiso pulling out a red card. Sweet baby Jesus uh, says, Neil, where are you hiding the bodies? I, I don't, there's a lot of like referrals to me being a serial killer of some sort because I you do are this. particular. Apparently it is very uh, surgical and clinical. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just make boneless wings at this point? That's, well, yeah, that's fair you know enough. what? I got to tell you, I know boneless wings are basically glorified nuggets. They're right? awful. That's not but- natural. But That's for practicality and cleanliness, I'm not going to lie to you. If they're cooked well and not too deep fried, they taste just as good. Mm. Uh, the bringer of snow says, red card for multiple reasons. It's wings, not fine dining. What's up with the dainty dipping? Those are the driest looking wings. Those would be returned to the kitchen for new wings. Why a fork if there's no sauce? All right. People are overthinking this. It's just it's just cleaner. This is why the aliens yeah. won't talk back, somebody mm-hmm. said. I don't even know what that would mean. Okay. You're also uh, the dad that wrapped your kids in plastic when they went out to play in the rain. I did not. Oh, I did not. This is the world. I remember my, one of my daughters was like four years old, and she was on her little like, you know, push scooter thing. And she was out there with no helmet. And I'm like, that's okay. I'm just walking beside her, walking the dog or something. And I had a somebody in the neighborhood be like, hey. They can't be on that without a helmet. I'm like, says who? So she's like, says me. I'm like, I'll worry about the health of my kids. Don't worry about yeah. it. Like, if they crack their head, it's my problem, not yours. Like, but that's how it is. You gotta, you get scolded. Child oh, services yeah. coming around if you don't bu- bubble wrap your kids right now. It's crazy. <laughs> All right, Terry Ryan is the ultimate arbiter here on Got Your Back, and so I presented. Uh, this idea to him, asking him, red card, yellow card, no card. Here is the ultimate arbiter, Terry Ryan, uh, Ted Hitchcock from Shorzy. As the ultimate arbiter, I say no card. In fact, maybe a bonus point. Yep. This actually seems pretty efficient and less messy. Yep. If I started judging people for how they ate, I'd be a hypocrite. Yep. I like to dip my bagels in my cereal and I eat my craft dinner with a spoon. Oh. Final answer, no card. No card from the ultimate arbiter, Terry Ryan. Hang who on. Completely discredited himself by saying he dips his bagel in cereal. No, no. That's 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 the least of his issues. We're going to have to have another questionnaire about the fact that he eats crap dinner still at his age. Yeah. Like we, they, they, no yeah. point should anyone what over. What are you, nine? Well, nobody <laughs> over 24 should ever eat crap dinner. That's not a thing that adults do. Well, so as Terry is talking, two things jump into my head. One, I can't believe that he actually eats with utensils. Uh, period. <laughs> and two, it reminded me of our old pal, John Garrett, who's 
quasi-religious during Lent one year, he gave up utensils for whatever the period is that you observe Lent. Like he went and t- like, I think it was like a playoff run eating every meal without utensils. It's not easy. You, it's How do you awful. do that? Medieval times is one of the worst experiences of my life. <laughs> right. So it's, join it's me. Join me in the civilized universe where at every opportunity we use utensils and do not eat with our hands like flipping cavemen, especially when we're out in restaurants. TR agrees with me. I'm taking the win today and we're getting out of here. Guys, thanks for doing this. Lots of fun. We'll have you back soon. Dregs, are you going to come back? Yeah, I'll come back, but only because Mike is a good friend. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> That's assuming I'll give I'm you all back. of... Uh, all of the spots I had, for, all the spots I had for James are now yours, Dregs. Perfect. All right, lots more to come here on Got Your Back, folks. Stay with us. We want to tell you about a truly Canadian company. Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals provides equipment and supplies to all facets of the Canadian construction industry. But what sets them apart is their get-or-done attitude. It's a core value of their company. I've been to the offices. I've seen how they proudly display that on the wall at each branch. Every one of the staff members lives by the get-or-done formula to ensure they'll never let their customers down. They'll bend over backwards to get their clientele what they need when they need it. They don't make excuses. Cross Country Canada takes great pride in this attitude and they truly believe that the success of their customer is their success. You can't get much more Canadian than that. All right, as we mentioned earlier, the NHL Board of Governors met in New York City on Tuesday, and one of the things that they put forward was their internal report on diversity and inclusion. Uh, This is the first time that the National Hockey League has done something like this. Uh, In our Straight to the Point segment, our good friend, uh, NHL writer from The Athletic, Arpin Basu, will weigh in on what the National Hockey League presented to the Board of Governors on Tuesday. The NHL released its first ever diversity report on Tuesday, and that is a sentence I never thought I would say in my lifetime. So the NHL deserves some credit. They identified a problem, albeit only two years ago, but still they identified a problem, did the work to produce this study, and then release the study to the public. So kudos on that. But reading through the report, I did have a couple of thoughts, a couple of issues that came came up. The first one is the word we, uh, or us. You read that word throughout the report, and what that word means is that this is the NHL that did a study on itself, and it's now telling you about that study it did on itself, which takes away some of the credibility of the actual report. Uh, In an ideal world, you'd have a third party, an objective voice, an objective set of eyes, looking at the league, looking at its 32 clubs, and maybe doing a little bit more of the why or the how it is that, as the report states, the league is 84% white or 62% male or 93% heterosexual. Um, It would just carry a little bit more weight. So that's one thing. The other thing was looking at the section on participation and noting how the NHL is funding all these programs to get the grassroots of the game more accessible, to remove financial barriers, and all that is fantastic. And no one would ever criticize them for that. But it struck me reading that, that there is this group right now made up of current and former NHL players uh, called the Hockey Diversity Alliance, who's trying to do 
those exact same things, trying to make the grassroots more accessible, trying to take down financial barriers. They, are, they have the same goals as the NHL, yet the NHL, for some reason, does not want to work with this group. Why is that? Isn't that strange? Wouldn't you think that the NHL would jump at the opportunity to work with these guys, especially since there are current players involved? Um, and then it got me thinking, could it be the exact same reason why they did not want a third party to produce this report? They did not want an, set of, an external set of eyes looking at itself, looking at the league, looking at its clubs, and that being that the NHL is a complete control freak league when it comes to messaging. As someone who worked there for six years, I can assure you that is the case. Anytime any messaging has to happen, this is something that is very sensitive at the NHL level, and it is extremely micromanaged and completely controlled. So, you know, the Hockey Diversity Alliance has players who are quite outspoken, and having them handle that messaging might make the NHL uncomfortable, and having a third party produce a report that they wouldn't have full control over probably didn't make them comfortable either. So... The NHL says they're going to produce another one of these reports two years from now, and I hope, sincerely hope, that they would reconsider and and ask an objective third party to produce this report, give them access to all their clubs, all their personnel to do all the studying that they need, and produce a document that is not vetted by the NHL and gets released in much the same way the NHL did on Tuesday, and I think that would carry more weight and would probably kind of quicken the pace of progress here. All right, that was straight to the point with our friend Arpan Basu from The Athletic. Uh, that's going to wrap up the podcast, folks. Many thanks to our contributors today, Dregs, uh, Johnson, Arpin, uh, Pierre Lebrun will be back with us again next week. And a big thanks to our sponsors, Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals, Pro Hockey Life, and of course, Liberty Smart Security is also a great sponsor here on Got Your Back NHL Edition. Thank you for your downloads and your subscriptions. We appreciate the support, and we will talk to you again real soon. Have yourselves a fantastic Wednesday, folks. Cheers. Thanks, Johnny. It was Have a little morning. long today, but I appreciate it. Thank you. How dare you go 38 minutes when I'm only supposed to do 30? <laughs> I know. That's invoiceable. It's in your contract. That is That's invoiceable. invoiceable. Johnny <laughs> yeah. Dollars. All right, buddy. <laughs>